please join me in welcoming this evening's guest moderator, Chef Eddie Huang, and fourth generation butcher and app developer, Pat LaFrida. What's up, Apple Soho? Pat LaFreda is a fourth generation butcher. His great grandfather brought butchering knowledge from Naples, Italy to the US. In the late 1800s, the LaFredas have 100 years of meat knowledge. But honestly, I know these guys because I run a restaurant, I'm a chef, and Friday night when you out of shit, these are the only guys you could call that are gonna get you 60 pounds of pork belly when you need it. All natural, hormone free, antibiotic free, humanely raised. Anytime you need it, they got you. I don't buy meat from anyone else. Pause, never. Ever, ever, ever. All right. My dad, oh, my dad, who's with us tonight in the front row, he, he's the one that taught me and instilled upon me that this is an island. It's an animal. It needs to be supplied. And you need to be the go-to guys to be successful. And they are. Yeah. You guys are. I mean, and, and what? My birthday, I got a whole side half of a pig. Amazing. Like, that's the kind of Christmas presents they give you. And when you need something, they, they always take care of you. And Pat's there every night. Mark's there every day. Anytime you have questions or issues, they, they always are. So they're real butchers, guys. They're not guys that just own it and have the name and hire somebody else to cut the meat and send you a bunch of crap. So. And we do screw up. And when we screw up, I, I, there's no it's one else. too much fat I, on the thighs. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 <laughs> but that's when Mark the Mouth comes into play. And uh, as he says, he puts out fires all day long and, and uh, tries, to, tries to solve those problems. But honestly, like, uh, what's, what's next? What are we supposed to talk about now? Well... <laughs> like Eddie said, I'm a fourth generation butcher. Our company is a third generation company. Uh, it's run now by my cousin Mark Pastori and my dad, Pat Lafrida II. I'm Pat Lafrida III. His father, Pat Lafrida I, and although we're guineas right off the boat, uh, was born on St. Patrick's Day. And that's how we got the Irish name Patrick. So <laughs> my son is now Patrick IV. And it's uh, yet to be seen if he'll be part of this company. But um, my entire plight has always been to take my father's and my grandfather's hard work and bring it to the next level. And one of those um, ways to do that was to bring this kind of information, meet knowledge, to an app. And it's something that's never been done before. And before this app, the only way you can really learn about meat is from an overpriced book or something that was made for the industry, an industry guide. And this app is something that brings that kind of knowledge that's very user-friendly to the uh, Apple consumers. Knowledge darts. Pat's throwing straight knowledge darts at you all day. It's, yes. <laughs> it's very, very effective, this app. If I, had a, if I had an iPad, I would have it. No, I'm I, kidding. I have an iPad at the store. We use it. We use it, we use it at the store. We, we, uh, we, we were working with a production company, 0.0, and um, we were originally talking about making a book about this kind of knowledge, and they're very into, te into technology. And we should tell them about 0.0. Yeah, 0.0 is an innovative um, production company that has produced shows like the, the Anthony Bourdain show. So um, we did a joint project and they brought to my attention that, that before this app, there really was nothing out there for Apple consumers 
uh, to get their hands around and to get the knowledge of the different cuts of meat and the different options there are when it comes to meat, uh, not something like a chef like you would, would know all the time. I don't know how to cut filet mignon. I have no idea how to take the silver skin off filet mignon, so I use the app for things like that. Like things white people eat, I use the app for. <laughs> That's pretty much what I use the app for. <laughs> Oxtail, I got it. But most people don't, and most people only know what they see on TV or what yeah. they read, but today's day and age, everybody's on Apple, everybody's on their iPad or their iPhone or their Mac, and ZPZ approached us and they said, since it's such a tremendous information highway now, why not put something out there for the younger generation and the generations that are so equipped to deal with these things? And we said, what a great idea. And you know, ZPZ was great with us working. Well, well, hold on, we didn't exactly say that at first. At first we thought it was a little silly. We were like, who the hell is gonna read a meat app? And unfortunately, you know, we don't look at all the statistics of things, but New York City especially has become a very food knowledgeable town, whether it's in restaurants or butchers or chefs, or where is this, you know, fruit from, where's the vegetable from, where is my animal grown, what did it eat, where did it come from, what was its name? So now everybody's starting to get educated about what they eat, how they eat it, where they eat it, who's cooking it, different things like that. And you know, since we are sourcing a lot of these products out and we're fabricating them to get them to the restaurants to put them on the diner's plates, we figured it would be a great way to express a little bit about what we do. And since we've had a company now that's, God, like he says, three generations old, started in 1922, what better way to get it out there than Apple? And um, ZPZ has been great with that. They really have coined that term production because they've produced a great product. And at first I was a little skeptical too because I was like, what kind of app is it gonna be? And everyone who has bought this app, all of my friends, a lot of our consumers, customers, retail public now have said, what a great, easy, you know, instructional app. And I think that's what, you know, like Steve Jobs and Apple did best was make the computer easy to use. My first and biggest fear was buying an iPhone or an, a Mac was, oh God, I can't learn to do that. You know, I'm 37 years old, but you see all these kids running around doing it. And you pick it up, and six months later, you're a whiz at it. And you love it, and you can't live any other way without it. And that's what they've done. They've changed our life. So we wanted to be part of that as well. You know, we wanted to have our app on there. We wanted to be in that change. And, you know, I've been, since we've done it, we've been just amazed at, like, the success that we've had with it. And I think it's really, really been great. But, yo, for real, if you, if you were home cooking, like, Mark, Mark, everything Mark's saying makes total sense. But for me... The thing is, is I used to like to go to the butcher store and find cuts of meat that I've never had, like hanger steak, skirt steak, beef cheek, things that you don't know how to necessarily use. But the thing that you want, you don't want a recipe. You don't want recipes. You want to learn techniques so that you can add yourself into every dish, if that makes sense. I hope people in the audience understand that, is that like real cooking, real chefing is that you inject a little bit of yourself and your story into everything you make. And I tell people, people are like, did you go to school? I never went to culinary school. I was not a dude that went to culinary school. I learned all from my mom and friends and their parents and things like that. And my thing was, I just loved food, but I didn't go to school. I didn't necessarily have all the information I had. If I had this app, it would be cool because you could find a cut and they'll teach you the technique. You know, maybe like a skirt steak is very good, like a high heat sear in a pan. You know, that's the way you want to do it. Sometimes, if you boil off the musk and throw out the first on a skirt steak, you could braise it. I do that too. But certain cuts of meat are only used well for certain types of techniques. And this kind of gives you foundational rules, right? There's rules you can break and rules you can't. But this will give you the rules you can't break. And then just freak it out. 
I'd rather have this app than a lot of cookbooks because cookbooks are telling you someone else's story. And as butchers, one of the stipulations that we did have with Zero was that we wanted to stop at that boundary, at that boundary of cooking. We wanted to bring the knowledge of the cuts to the consumers and then the cooking part was to come after that. We're specialists at cooking products. So some of the comments about the app was, great app, but teach me how to cook that. No, 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 that's for a chef to teach you how to cook that. We're butchers, we'll show you how to cut that meat, we'll show you where that meat comes from and give you some different ideas. Then you need to be the chef and you need to bring the flavors to the actual product. And going back in time a little bit, um, my grandfather to my father who's here and then to me, we were always the behind the scenes guys. We were the slap around guys, we were the slobs that worked all night long to get meat cut and portioned and prepped for delivery the next morning. Um, it, it, it amazes my dad even to today, the amount of press that we get about, you know, where's the meat from? And, and I think New Yorkers have that, um, they're foodies and they have that um, desire to know where is this meat from, what farmer is it from, what were the raising protocols and the finishing protocols, and, and um, that's what we were able to bring to this app, is that kind of meat knowledge. Well, I mean, you guys brought it to the market too, and like, all praise to Mark. You know, Mark Pastor, for you guys who don't know, he's the one that really started customizing things to chefs. There's always butchers, but unless you had like huge, huge, huge orders, they really wouldn't customize to you. I mean, I had like a 400 square foot store. They had me go down to the plant and they customized every cut for me. You know, like I, I literally, it's not a joke. I really call and I'm like, hey dude, there's too much fat on this thigh. And the next day it's fixed. You know, like they're the only ones that really pay attention and take care of your shit like that. And Mark was the first one to like, let it be known. Like we have custom blends. If you're a chef and you need a specific product to deliver a certain product to your customer, like we will take care of that for you. And he put together burger blends that you never could have imagined. So, you know, if you guys are into food and you're into the restaurant scene, like these are the dudes that kind of give us the tools to work with it, you know? Like New York City was a, was a city and a town to get hamburgers in. And hamburgers made New York famous. We just made hamburgers in New York famous. And his father, who started it 1922, 1923, started grinding custom blends and we started doing it. And, I did sell a lot of it out there, but I used to come to Pat, because I'm not a butcher, he is, and I used to say, Pat, you gotta come up with a special plan. Well, what do you want me to do? I don't know what you gotta do, but it's gotta be good and it's gotta be different. And we did that like with Manetta Tavern and the Black Label, and we did like Spotted Pig, but the big one that put us over the top was Shake Shack. It's a small little hamburger chain in New York that seems to get a lot of press, and now it's moving all over the country. And that seems to be an anomaly. We never thought it would be as successful as, successful as it was, but you know, he took and made what nobody else wanted to do with burgers and chopped beef and stuff like that was grind whole muscles as like weird as that may sound to all of you, but whole pieces of meat instead of whatever was left, whatever trimmings was left, what was imported from New Zealand or Australia or trimmings or mechanically deboned beef that they have and frozen stuff. And we said, you know what, let's make it a menu item, let's make it a market item, let's make it good. So you saw also burgers that went from $5 on a menu to $29 on a menu. So this is uh, Steaks 101, uh, and it'll give you a, a, a quick story of every different type of steak and educate you on every steak that you may say, see on a steak house menu. Uh, that past page was a, uh, the history of our family 
And this is about what New York absolutely loves is dry aging steaks. And then we have a great meat quiz. So it, it kind of promotes the idea that you retain some of the knowledge that, that you'll be learning in the app. And it's hooked up to Apple's scoring system. So you could see what other people's best scores that have the app are. Oh, we're and talking about cuts of steak, Seth. Cuts of steak, oh. And this is my favorite part of the app because it shows you each of the cuts. So if you slide by here, oh, you're wow. able to see the different cuts that all come from beef. Um, and if you were to click on, on one of these, you're able to... Um, Should we click on, on the tomahawk? Oh, you want the tomahawk? Do the tomahawk. Okay. Or let's say the porterhouse. So this is the porterhouse steak taken off the short loin. And uh, we go into, into depth about about the um, ins and outs of a porterhouse steak. And if you were to click on the 360 degree uh, picture, you're able to spin that uh, like you would a, a, a car you might want to buy online um, or look at online. And you're able to see all around the porterhouse so you know what you're getting yourself into. And it, it, it's, a, it's a great tool. You'll not find anything like this anywhere else. Um, and if you wanted to click on cut location, uh, it'll show you exactly where it's from, the back side of the loin, where the, where the filet actually runs through the short loin and into the hind leg. And a close-up picture of him and some other pictures, uh, again, taken by Nick Solaris um, in a very, very cold room, as he can attest to. Do you want to show them something more rare? I mean, like a lot of people know the porterhouse. Maybe we show them something like the, the suet thing? You know? Yeah, sure. I didn't even know what the hell that Let's was. Get into it, Jen. And oh, unlike a uh, cookbook, Jen's DJ, DJing tonight. you oh, can't just look way, at what's on this a page way, and see way. that one this dimension. One well, one if you want to slow down at the, at, while we're here, uh, the, the, uh, no, that's the inside skirt. Can we keep going to the outside? Uh, big difference between the inside and the outside skirt and something that we talk about. If you uh, climb my dad's fence in his backyard, you'll catch him barbecuing over the summer more often than not the outside skirt steak. It's been a family favorite. Um, a lot of New Yorkers know what it is, but it's funny because when Mark and I do our beef buying, the, the packers out in the Midwest or on the West Coast, they're always asking us like, what are you doing with all that skirt steak? Um, and they don't know where it's going. We don't want to tell them either. It's like the movie Blow, where they didn't want to uh, That's right. They didn't want to say who the end user was. Right. It wound up being Pee Wee Herman. But it's not a yeah. big <laughs> item in the Midwest or the South. A lot right. of New Yorkers know it as a Romanian steak, or yeah. it used to be a big diner steak. Who's it's been caught. to Sammy's Romanian for Passover? Anybody? No. There we Maybe go. Not. Yes. Great place. Yeah, Great place. Outside but, uh, skirt steak with schmaltz. That's how you do it. Clicking on the pork page, um, and as you scroll through, you'll, you'll see the different options in pork. Um, from suckling pigs, yeah. Uh, let's get back to the suckling pig. There's a, we have a great 360 on that. Yeah, let's do the. Do yeah, you know, most people don't like to see this, but th this is meat. And uh, in America, we've come so far away from where what we're eating is from, and and this is bringing us back. So, this is um, um, a suckling pig on drugs, and it's it's one little it's, piggy went to the market and it's uh, didn't come back. But it goes through beef, pork, lamb, veal, anything that you may want to see. And like I was saying, unlike in a cookbook where you can only stare at what's on a page, it's very interactive. Can we come back to the, the whole piece. chicken, Jen? It's one of my favorite uh, pictures. I know Nick wrestled with this picture in the, in the, on the turntable and, and um, like so a sleeping Kate chicken. and Adam, but 
But uh, that <laughs> or a drunk chicken. And it's Looks funny like Eddie because after a bad night. My dad, my my dad's been a butcher all his life. Um, it's it's all he ever did, and it, he can't bring himself to do anything like hunt or or see any animals yeah. with their with their head or feet on. It's something he'd be disgusted by. But I I, I think it's important to show um, a, a chicken exactly the way it would come off of the processing line. Um, well, the feet are delicious too. The feet, the feet we sell feet a ton of chicken feet. Does anyone we, like chicken feet? Good, chicken feet, delicious I mean, stuff. Every part of the chicken is used from the backs and the necks for stocks. Yep. Uh, wings right now, especially Super Bowl time, cost more than boneless, skinless breast. Uh, the, 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 the demand for that is, is just incredible. And the meat quiz, which I, I have to give Kate all the credit for uh, was a great idea, and, and, and she came up with a lot of these questions, and uh, Mark failed it twice, but... but Still learning. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a great way to, to uh, see if you can retain any of the items or any of the information that, that we uh, give in, in the app. So we've had a huge demand over the last couple years, uh, and we've fielded a lot of calls anywhere from you know, from the east and west coast, north and south, about buying our products. So one thing we did was launch an e-commerce site off the um, the app, so that if you wanted to buy any of the items that you see, we can now ship it to you. But one thing that on the app, um, as well as our own website, if you don't have an iPad, is that you could buy our products, and we will only ship them fresh. So uh, two-day air, we have. Um, one of our crack personnel, Anna, Anna, where are you? Anna is now managing all four of our sites uh, to get product to everyone next day air. Very important. Does anyone have questions? We questions. have a microphone. If you have a question, just raise your hand and yeah. come over to you. Questions, uh, comments? You, did get, you do get a prize for uh, asking questions. He has a question. Uh, but back up one second, just back up one second. My dad's partner, um, my dad's partner. We're gonna get to it. It, it. You know, this really is a uh, meet the family type of of business, and uh, my dad's partner, you passed her, was my mm -hmm. aunt Lisa, and a lot of this would not be possible without her. Um, she ran the daytime operation while my dad ran the the night operation, and. And uh, she passed away a few years ago of stomach cancer. And uh, she was, I guess, the, the matriarch of the, of the family. She kept everyone in order. Um, and Even we outside we, the family, she kept them in order. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we miss her greatly. Um, but as you scroll through, you'll see pictures of my dad. Uh, I love the afro. Um, he was also a 70s porn star. And um, some embarrassing pictures of myself as a in, in my youth, but um, some great information about the history of our family and, and the move to, uh, from Manhattan to New Jersey it was a very difficult decision to make, but there was a time when we realized that we outgrew New York City and being there since 1922, um, Leroy Street was named after my grandfather, so that's now Pat Lafrida Lane and having to take the company and move it from Pat Lafrida Lane to North Bergen, New Jersey, which is 
just a few miles away was heartbreaking, but it was a decision that we had to make uh, in order to go further and, and to uh, bring this, this company to the next level, because there's just no more room for manufacturing uh, of what we do in New York. So the question, yep. Yep, second row here. Uh, hey, so my name is Roy. And you know, I, li I work in Soho, so we eat expensive stuff all the time. Uh, what's your restaurant, and how was it before going to them as butchers? Like, did you have deal with any other butchers before them? I and did. Like, I did have to deal with other butchers, and other butchers were more expensive and, and less efficient, and not as helpful on on you know they'll do Saturday, the Lafredos do Saturday delivery, you know, like uh, they they say they don't do, but if you really need an emergency, they'll do Saturday delivery, and it's awesome. Um, I own Bauhaus. Pat forgot my intro, it's okay. <laughs> but no, I, I own Bauhaus on 14th between 2nd and 3rd. Yep. And, and to give everyone a perspective on Eddie and Bauhaus, have you been there, Mark? I uh, have been there one time late uh, while I was intoxicated, but it, I don't it, remember it. it. It's, it's one of those places that keeps New York, New York, because you walk in there and you find some authentic food. It's tiny, it's simple, and the food explodes in your mouth. It's just delicious. And uh, I was blown away. And, and as a meat purveyor, my father always told me, he says, Pat, I would rather have 100 Bauhauses small, independently run restaurants where the owner is in the back cooking, where, where it's the owner's um, flavor that comes out to you than have one large chain or one large restaurant that, that's very uh, corporate. So it, it, Eddie and Bauhaus fit the mold of La Frida Meats to the T. And um, we, it's been nothing but a pleasure working with Eddie. And... Um, Eddie has a, a great new show coming on uh, Cooking Channel January 1st. So everyone should really, really... When, when you hung over, New Year's Day, watch it. The name of it is Cheap Bites, and um, I can't wait to see it. Be on the Cooking Channel, like I said, and, and uh, we all look forward to it. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, 8 o'clock, New Year's Day, Cooking Channel. But, you know, the funny thing about these dudes is... it. You would think that people would do anything to sell you their product. It took me three months to get an account open up with Mark. It was hilarious. Like they don't Very sell long to everybody. Waiting list. They have a huge waiting list. It's they they can't even keep up with the demand. You know, there's more people that want it than, than they have to offer. So it really, really is a great product that like chefs fight for in New York. Uh, Any other que question yeah. right here? Yes. We got one in the second row and then uh, oh, in the sorry. back here we'll move over. My question is for all three of you guys. Um, what's your favorite cut of meat, and what's your favorite way to either prepare it or have it prepared for you? You go ahead first, Pat. You go ahead first. I could start with that. It, you know, and it, it has to do with uh, species first. So, so for me, if it comes to beef, I'm all about what my dad is, which is the outside skirt steak. And I think the pitfall in that, in, in uh, buying skirt steaks from retail butcher shops, because I'll tell you, the last thing that I remember on the weekend when I'm walking out those doors is to bring meat home. So I put a disguise on, and I, I go into a retail shop, and I try to buy something without anyone recognizing me, and I can't find them. And um, if I do, it just is vague enough to say skirt steak, 
It doesn't say that there's an inside skirt steak, which is a fraction of the price and has a fraction of the flavor. So when it comes to, when it comes to my favorite cut, it is the outside skirt steak. It has to be the outside. And, and blindfolded, there's no other way to replicate that cut of meat. That's a cut of meat that, that you, could, you could definitely taste the different flavor profile in it. Well, you um, should tell them why. It's because it's by the kidneys, right? It's the, the outside skirt steak is part of the diaphragm, um, and not so much that it's from the kidneys. The, the hanger steak would be more the from flavor. the kidneys. It has the flavor. It almost the... has a, a livery flavor yeah. to it. Uh, I see more liver than kidneys. Yeah. And, um, I get them confused. The, the great part about being a butcher and being able to describe that cut of meat is uh, my dad had an old butcher uh, that worked for him, Angelo Bonsanaway. And he always taught me, because he was formerly a retail butcher, he said, Pat, butchers never use the word tough. They say less tender. So the skirt steak is less tender than a New York strip steak would be, much less tender than a filet. But for a beef enthusiast, we're looking for flavor. And that's something that needs nothing. You want to put a little salt and pepper on at the end, that's, that's it. it. But that, that sums it up with, and chicken, for my favorite. And schmaltz. Schmaltz is good on it. That's it. <laughs> That's Mark, a, it's a great one. Mark, your favorite? Uh, I would, I mean, I love beef. I've eaten so much of it in my lifetime, but I'm a big lamb guy, and if it's cooked right, I really like rack of lamb. It's got to be domestic. Can't buy the New Zealand or the Australian, which is marketed great, but it's just a very, it's, it's more of a commodity item, and, and the quality itself is not good. Our animals are, are raised and grazed in the United States. Domestic is another term that gets bastardized a lot in the stores today. It could come from Canada or Mexico. You have to be careful where you're getting your product from. Uh, we have our own farms that we partner up with the farmers. We have them out of Michigan. We have some in Pennsylvania, a few in uh, the Rocky Mountain region of Colorado, and they just breed the best lamb. They, you know, they feed them right. They're all natural. They're hormone-free, antibiotic-free, and they're great, and the lamb is sweet, and they're not everybody likes lamb. It's not everybody's you know, dish. It's either you love it or you hate it, usually, um, but I love a good rack of lamb. I love them finished chops, and you know, that's, that's what I really like to do. Mark's mom was in Germany right after the war, and the only lamb that was available was really older was lambs, mutton. which was mutton. So she won't even touch American lamb. She won't touch any lamb. And I think you have a lot of people from that generation that will stay stays away from lamb. Touch it, yeah. But if you, if given the opportunity and you tasted American domestic, almost the term Mark and I invented right. because there's so much meat that's brought in. Good lamb yeah. should not be gamey or something you eat and you say, oh, I don't want that. It's not going to taste like venison or deer or something like that. It should be sweet and really good. It should be like a dark, rich, you know, like a dark, rich color with good marbling. Eddie, your favorite? Oxtail. But I would say also, like, I do like a mutton. Keen's has a great mutton chop. Yes. However, right. however, however, however yeah. not mutton, being the less. butchers, hold on, being the butchers that Mark and I are, Mark, I'll let Mark tell you what their mutton chop is. It's when not you actually mutton. age a piece no. of meat yeah. like New York City has come to love, the Minettas, the Sparks, the, you know, the, the porterhouses, the big thing now is aging steak. And what that does is you're pulling the water out of the meat. You're making more of a solid protein. You're intensifying the flavor like you would in blue cheese or wine or anything that ages. So we do that with lamb and we start playing around with lamb too. You can only do it for about a week, whereas like beef you could do four to eight weeks. But uh, Keens uh, does it with lamb, and they age it for about a week, and it intensifies the flavor, and, and then they amazing. therefore call it mutton. Mutton is just an older version of lamb or you know, sheep. It's something that has really more of a gamey flavor. And most people, if they did eat true mutton, 
Yeah. I don't think they'd like it. Yeah. Mutton is funky. We put it in a hot pot. But no, my favorite cut, oxtail, and I like it like Jamaican oxtail. That's my Tremendous favorite. Tremendous flavor. In but, yeah, my mom yeah. You got had to me cook grow it. up eating her like Chinese the vegetable oxtail soup, which was amazing. But then I started eating Jamaican oxtail with like the browning and the butter beans and and the time, and that was it. Game over. That's my shit. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people can't. Scotch bonnet peppers, Katie, right? It's Chinese. Yeah. Scotch bonnet peppers. A lot of people can't appreciate how expensive oxtail is because it's what twenty five percent yield. Yeah, it's all bone. Yep, yeah. and over four dollars a pound. Yeah, it's expensive. But but back to the. I app. wait for it. Wait, 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 I wait for it to yeah. be on special at Pathmark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the app. Um, Partnering up with 0.0, a great production team. Um, Our knowledge of meat, their production skills, we had to bring it to the experts in making apps, which is Domani. And Domani is the the company that put all this together in a way to make it user-friendly and appealing and um, is is the way that the app became... um, or went from an educational app to an educational app that's fun. And uh, I really like this chance to thank them. Any other questions? I think we got time for one more got right one here right in the there. back. How long did it take uh, from conception until uh, release of the app? What was the total time? I, I, I put that time at, at about one year. Um, it was definitely not an app easy to make. Seemed um, like five years. Yeah, it seemed like five years, but it took about a year. Um, and there are about 15,000 apps introduced to Apple every week. And for a bunch of slap around guys to have, meaning my dad, myself, and my cousin Mark, and slaving all night long, putting orders together, uh, for that to become Apple's app of the week last week was like one of the biggest achievements. We couldn't have done it without Zero. Could not have done it without Domani. Uh, but, but yeah, one year in the making. Uh, a lot of Saturday and Sundays in the cold. Uh, I didn't do the Saturdays, no. Yeah. <laughs> Stop by didn't do the cold either. But it was also rough because we were shooting our reality show at the same time with ZPZ, which is premiering uh, next year on TV. And that <laughs> on was <TV>. rough. <laughs> on TV. Not unlike, you know, a little... Uh, cable show or something like that, but um, trying to do both at once was very frustrating as well, because it was, seemed to be like day and night, and day and night, and weekends and everything like that, so it gets frustrating. But you'll get to see more of us next year, too, on TV. It should be fun. Anything else? Anybody? Questions? Comments? Hate mail? No? We get a lot of hate mail in our spam box. Love the hate mail. Well, we have a lot of PETA friends that, that <laughs> really appreciate... Come dressed in such colorful outfits. <laughs> People who eat tasty animals. Is my All right, they're telling us we out. So thank you, everybody. Thank, thank you, you to Lafritas for having Thanks us. Thanks for showing up. Thank you, Apple Store. Eddie, thank you very much All for right, doing this with us. Appreciate it.